0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: No comes great responsibility. Mojo Five O. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. In a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is Americanuck radio with Mike Phillip. Welcome back to American Uck radio on the Mojill 5o radio network everybody this is Mike Phillip. And uh, I'm so happy to be live today. Happy to be live on air. Happy to be alive, breathing air above ground. You know, there's a lot of uh, negativity in the world today, a lot of bad things happening. But you know what? In my own little sphere of influence, uh, which would be, you know, about five feet around my desk here, I feel great. I do. I, I. I don't, you know, you get these people that uh, you know the Earth is going to end in twelve years, right? I don't believe that if it does, that is the end of my run as a sentient being. I don't. I, I, you know, I listen to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, uh, people like Justin Trudeau, talking about how we've got to keep the Earth going. I don't believe that the Earth is going to last forever. I just don't, and if that's your hope, it doesn't matter if the earth keeps going forever because you, personally, individually, are going to uh, shuffle off your mortal coil one day. Now, that sounds depressing to a lot of people, but I can say that with a big smile on my face because I realize that I'm an eternal being. And that I'm going to go on after this flesh dies and feeds the worms and goes on to uh, possibly feed a flower that grows or a weed. Who knows? Who cares? At that point, uh, what's happening on the planet will be the least of your concerns. And I can only hope that something better is on the other side. I I believe firmly That it is. So, uh, with all the negative, crappy stuff going on, on this 30th of December, 2019, keep your chin up! Seriously! Be happy! Love your family! Count your blessings! Look at all the good things in your life. And it might not look like a lot of good right now, but uh, you can always turn around. You know, I hear of people that committed suicide. And, you know, it's usually... A, a negative connotation, right? They didn't see any kind of uh, a future ahead for them. They didn't think that things would get better from the situation they're in. But it could change with a phone call in like one hour. You don't know, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're uh, you're sounding pretty Pollyanna about things, Mike Phillip. Maybe I am, but... Uh, I've got a, a live radio show on the Mojo 5 radio network, and that impresses me to myself to no end, because there are about uh, 7 billion people on the earth, and I'm one of a very mi- minuscule uh, group of people that has that option. And I love our listeners. I really do. Uh, you drive me nuts sometimes, but we're in this together, and you show up every day, and I try to put together a fun and entertaining show. As well as being informative. Sometimes I get pissed off and yell into this mic. And the uh, little wind cover on the mic gets covered in spit. And I've got to go ring it out. And that's how I know I was exceptionally angry and he need to bring it down a bit. Now, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, I, did, I, I was going to talk about Justin Trudeau's spending over the last year. And I found a, an excellent chart and breakdown of all the money... That, that guy, the fiat currency that has nothing backing it and doesn't really exist and isn't worth the uh, the polymer or plastic that it's made of here in Canada, uh, out of the country. Now, do I think that he sent pallets of it? No, it's probably just zeros and ones on a screen somewhere. And uh, I sent it over to Peyton Smith, our web guy, and he posted it on Facebook. And it took 10 minutes, and it was censored. It was brought down by people that call themselves... Independent fact checkers, they were able to go through every single one of those expenditures and say, no, uh, this is bullshit. You will not talk about this on Facebook. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. The uh, EU and the UN are talking about handing over web censorship to the Chai comms, which uh, a lot of people are freaked out about. But uh, uh, how is that any worse than what's happening right now? We're going to be getting into that. Should racists get health care? And will vegetarian hamburgers make men grow bitch tits? Keep listening and you'll find out. Loading program. Please stand by.
2: Neighbors. Canada and
1: the United States share the longest, straightest, and possibly boringest borders. Allies. And has made a arrivals. One radio program.
0: All I need is the sun, a nice cold drink, and a marathon
2: radio. <laughs> I, I think that there needs to be some common sense
1: injected into these mm-hmm. control and you can control me. I want to be your slave. And now, here's your
0: host of American Act Radio, Mike Villa. So, uh, to begin things off here, over the next couple of days, I'm going to be talking about some of the different things that happened in uh, 2019. It's not going to be a, a constant thing, right? It's, I'm not going to go on and on about it, but we did lose some uh, major voices in the world in 2019, one of them being Doc Thompson, the founder of Mojo Five O, and uh, Don Imus. And I like to talk a little bit about Don Imus because he's somebody that uh, was somewhat inspirational to me. And the thing that got him booted off the airwaves, temporarily anyway, I thought was funny. I thought it was funny. It was just... Uh, One of those things that, uh, you know, they call these people shock jocks. And you can't shock anybody if you say things that are universally accepted all the time. But the thing is, when you say something that's supposed to induce shock, it's got to have an ounce of truth to it. And that's comedy, right? Comedy, that thing that's dying, that thing that you can't do on university campuses anymore. Because everybody takes themselves so seriously! I'm so serious. Uh, somewhere, uh, an LGBTQ two person is uh, experiencing some sort of oppression. Therefore, I I just can't be happy. Well, people are always going to experience oppression. I'm being oppressed uh, right now by somebody somewhere. I I, I assume it's happening. But uh, Don Imus was was truly a great broadcaster. He was. And uh, just general breakdown, uh, 1940 to 2019. Uh, He was an American radio personality, television show host, recording artist, and author. His radio show, I Miss in the Morning, aired on various stations and digital platforms nationwide until 2018. 1968, he began his first radio job at KUTY in Palmdale, California. Three years later, he landed the morning broadcast position at WNBC New York City. He was fired. From WNBC in 1977 and then rehired in 79, remaining at the station until 88 when the show moved to WFAN. Or, fan? Oh, Following Howard Stern's success with na- national syndication, Imus in the Morning adopted the same model in 1993. Now, he was fired by CBS Radio in April 2007. Severn, as in Severn's pay, after describing the Rutgers University women's basketball team. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's listen to this clip and you decide if this was so offensive that this man need never be heard from, from anybody ever again. (laughs) So I watched the basketball game last night between a little bit of Rutgers and Tennessee, the women's uh, final. Yeah, Tennessee won last night. 7th championship for Pat Summit. I, man, they beat Rutgers by 13 points. That's some rough girls from Rutgers, man. They got tattoos and some hardcore hoes. That's some nappy-headed hoes there. I'm going to take that out. Oh, <laughs> oh man. man. That's some... Nappy-headed hoes. And if you saw those girls on that basketball team, um, they were all tatted up and trying to look ghetto. Now this statement that got him fired uh, tell me who has not done anything more offensive especially guys like uh, guys like Howard Stern right I mean being a shock jock now is not what it used to be because everything's been done everything's been said right uh, Stern really pushed the envelope right? It's not what it used to be. I mean, what what are you going to do? Aside from just airing audio from a porn movie on air, right? It's shocking. Nobody cares anymore. But I think that this whole thing with Imus was kind of a bellwether with how things were going. And not only that, but it was a test. Can we destroy somebody's life for saying something that a whole lot of people say, right? It was a commonly used phraseology, or phrase. It was in the nomenclature, especially amongst nappy-headed hoes. Uh, Nappy-headed hoes said nappy-headed hoes more than most people would think of saying nappy-headed hoes. Now, was it because they were upset that they looked More masculine than a lot of guys at the time? I don't know. That's all I've got to say about that. Rest in peace, Don. By the way, Don Imus did a lot of work for children's charities. He had a ranch for kids with terminal illness. And he had a really good knack for uh, getting people to donate to his causes while trashing them and making them look like an idiot on air. Thanks, Don Imus. Now, the other uh, major voice in broadcasting that we lost in 2019, and I'm talking real broadcasters, real radio people. Uh, I, I look around YouTube, and I see podcasts, and people are calling themselves, uh, you know, insert the blank radio. this Such and such radio. And you are not radio. You have a YouTube channel. That's right. I said nomenclature. That's my big word of the day. I don't know what it means. I just thought it sounded impressive. But radio, the term is so watered down that it almost doesn't really mean anything anymore. It used to when you were driving in your car listening to top 10 rock and roll hits on AM radio. That's when I was a kid. And uh it was special. It was something different. That's why I got into it. And it's just changed so much. but uh the other one, well, the reason for Mojo Five, Doc Thompson, I never met this man. I didn't. And at the time that I was brought in was right around the time that he uh passed on, luckily to you know uh not have to see the earth uh, explode after twelve years. He was one of the lucky ones, right? But you know what? I'm just going to play this little uh, look back on the year. And uh, this this guy, Doc Thompson, that I never met, that as a result of his work, I am still on the air. So I got to pay homage where it's due to the giants of the broadcast industry. And hopefully, uh, guys like myself... Uh, Jan Torres, yeah, guys like Jan Torres, Dominic Izzo, Watson Prunier, hopefully we're able to carry that torch and go bigger because that's what Doc would have wanted. With that, Uh, let's play this little tribute, his last broadcast. Heavy
1: hearts today for fans and for friends and loved ones, of course, of a popular conservative talk radio host Michael Doc, as they knew him, Thompson. This morning, those who knew him best confirmed that he was the man who was killed after being hit by a train in Haltom City yesterday. Our Ken Molestina joining us now with a look at the legacy that this man leaves behind. Ken?
2: Well, Doug, as you mentioned, he was known to a nationwide radio audience as Doc Thompson, or simply just as Doc. Understandably, today his listeners were shaken up after hearing this news, and so are those who saw him just moments before he left for that fatal jog.
0: He was so genuine, and not only was he genuine, he made you feel genuine. He made you believe in yourself. Over
2: at Mojo 5 radio station in Haltom City, the calls and condolences for Doc Thompson poured into the very studio where he most recently worked out of. You're well, you. anti-goldfish,
0: that's what you are. These are the friends and co-workers... I did not realize that that would be the last time that I would see him. At last
2: saw him before he left for what was supposed to be a brief run near their studios. He got finished doing some production work yesterday afternoon around 3 o'clock and changed clothes. He normally does this. He goes for a jog pretty much every day. Ron Phillips says when Doc didn't return for a meeting, they knew something was wrong. About 4.45 we started wondering where he was because he was late and that wasn't like him. We now know Doc was hit by an Amtrak train while he ran near these railroad tracks less than a half mile from where he worked. It's believed he had earbuds on and didn't notice the train. Before starting his own radio company, Mojo 5.0, Thompson gained national acclaim Band as a radio earbuds. host with The Blaze based out of Irving. The news of his death there it's sad to hear that your best friend is no longer here clearly taking its toll on his former producer and friend Chris Cruz
1: that's what I'll Miss how good friend he was and he had a big heart not just for me not just for his audience but with everybody he worked
2: a lot of heavy hearts today. Doc Thompson leaves behind a wife and three kids in Arkansas. That's where he commuted from weekly. He split his time between his home and he, right here in North Texas. Of course, this is where he ran his business out of.
1: Yeah, and we report on death, uh, unfortunately, a lot. Yeah. It's very rare that we hear what unfolded yesterday with a train and somebody just, you know, in this case, out for a run. Right. So as we think about the family, we think about, you know, let's let's throw some advice out there as well. Witnesses said, as Ken said in the story, Thompson was running along the train. Track, maybe something he did a lot where he was hit they did find earbuds uh, near near where he was apparently in there thinking he probably had them in but rail safety nonprofit operation lifesaver offers this advice for pedestrians near railroad tracks all the time they say don 't mix rails and recreation that 's kind of their mantra and stay alert that means don 't look down at your phone and text don 't use headphones or other distractions if you 're anywhere in your tracks that would prevent you from hearing or seeing an oncoming train. It's something that is avoidable. Also, trains extend over the side of the tracks by three feet or even more on each side. And any approaching train, they tell us, is likely traveling much faster than you probably think. Late now. And also, they tell us, and this is a sobering fact, takes as long as 18 football fields for almost any train to come to a stop, wow. maybe even longer. So there, you don't have a lot of options if you're in that area. Mm-hmm. So we, we take some advice from a horrible, horrible day.
0: Now... I'm looking at the reactions over in the chat room, and if if you're a new listener to Mojo Five O, um, it, it was because of that guy that he started this. He could have stayed with the blaze probably, but he wanted to do his own thing. I'm just guessing. I didn't know the man, but I'm very proud to be carrying on this work and this vision that he had. I am. I. I mean, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. And that is a, a lot of my radio career. I mean, uh, w- my mentor in broadcasting, a guy named Mel Stevens, was a giant. I, I mean a giant. Some of the biggest nades, names in radio in Western Canada uh, were taught by Mel Stevens. And I look at some of the people that worked for him, or, or came out of his broadcast school anyway, and... I see what they're doing now, and I think to myself, Mel would be rolling in his grave at the state of journalism today. He would. So listen, we've got some fantastic new sponsors and companies that are going to be working with Mojo Five O. I just got some uh, great information from Ron this morning, the man that you heard on that little uh, clip about Doc Thompson. Ron Phillips, regular listeners of Mojo Five O know who I'm talking about. And let's make this the year that we take Mojo Five O to the next level. I love what I'm doing. I love where I am and my coworkers and family, uh, except for maybe Jen Torres, who you can listen to every day on Mojo5.0.com, wherever you are. Uh, not saying I recommend it, but... Let's take Mojo 5.0 to the next level. Now, if you're part of the family, then uh, you understand how great this platform is. And here's the other thing. When people on YouTube start getting canceled and uh, you know have their channel taken down or destroyed for speaking the truth or off of Facebook or off of Twitter, Mojo is still going to be here. Mojo's still going to be here. I'm still going to be here. So you can start pointing your friends and family to this digital radio station, which is an actual radio station, not some YouTube channel with the name Radio tacked onto it, and bring us the listeners. And I promise you, we'll do our best to make it informative and entertaining. And they'll come back to you and say... You know what? I'm really glad that you told me to listen to Mojo. My life has now got meaning. It's got fulfillment. Let's talk about something else. I smell blood in the water Oh yes I do Globalism Globalism It's a word that I dislike greatly You know, they make it sound like uh, globalism is everybody holding hands across the world to make sure that women and children have perfect lives. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's one of those Orwellian, peace is war, lies are truth. That's what globalism means to me. And it looked for a long time in my life like nothing was going to stop that train. But, Bank of America is saying, and by the way, you can read this article over at AmericanHuckRadio.com. That's American Radio.com. Listen to this. Bank of America says that one of the dominant trends for the 2020s, I'm assuming that'll be the next decade, will be the end of globalism as countries increasingly realize that the phenomenon has brought unsustainable social disruption as opposed to the sustainable form of social disruption. In a report mapping out what to expect over the next decade, B of A analysts said that largely unchecked globalism, which ran roughly from 1981 to 2016, is coming to an end. It's going to be over. Kaputski, I tells you. Yeah. Globalism. You're dead meat, buddy. <laughs> and it's about time. It's a failed ideology. Right? Well, by the way, I hate the word uh, unsustainable and sustainable, too. It's uh, way overused. Kind of like problematic. I hate the word problematic, too. It's problematic for me. This change will take place due to the widespread recognition. Now, while globalism has meant lower consumer prices, it's also meant slower growth, precarious employment, and social disruption. Well, I mean, we've still got it going on in Canada here. By the way, I'm going to be talking about that at some point. We've got a new carbon tax coming in. It is said that uh, the price of gasoline is going to go up. Seven cents a liter. If you want to make the conversion to gallons and throw it in the chat room, if you're listening, then feel free to do so. But the cost of living is about to go up due to globalism. This massive shift... We'll make commodities like precious metals and real estate safer investments because governments will move to impose protectionist economic policies. Who started that? Well, it was on our minds for a long time, but Donald Trump sure did a lot to bring it right to the world stage, didn't he? Love him or hate him, he's definitely down with uh, kicking over globalism like an anthill. But this agenda has been going since the days of Noah. It's not going to be easy. 2020, baby, I smell blood in the water. We'll be back with more after this network break. Doctor, the Cameron. team at Americanak Radio and myself, the host Mike Phillip, would love to wish every listener to the Mojo Five O Radio Network a very merry Christmas. Hey there, everyone. Jeremy Lay here, host of Standing Ground.
1: Have a wonderful holiday. Oh, excuse me, merry
0: Christmas.
3: save Save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now. And save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now.
0: 800 218 6473. 800 218 6473. 800 218 6473. That's 800 218 6473. The team at American Oc Radio would love to wish every listener to the Mojo Five O radio network and all of our people in our various bureaus from Moscow to Mogadishu a very Merry Christmas from Don Naylor, the producer, Peyton J. Smith, our web and social media guy, and myself, the host, Mike Phillip. Once again, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now pretend that you love your family for at least two weeks.
2: This is Pat from The Patoni Show wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays.
0: It's your host with the most numbers, Andrew Coppins, host of Critical Thinking. I just wanted to extend a very heartfelt Merry Christmas from my family to yours.
3: America Radio. Radio.
0: So I'm, I'm broadcasting live from Western Canada here. And uh, 2019 was also a year that I saw Western separatism absolutely explode. People here are so tired of uh, having to pay into Ottawa and Quebec and having them uh, throw away your hard-earned money that doesn't really exist. But it will keep you alive. Uh, listen, I, I took this... Uh, this picture and sent it over to Peyton Smith today of a uh, a chart that was made by someone of spending that uh, the Justin Trudeau government has given to other countries while Canadians stand at line in food banks. Okay. Now Peyton went and, and posted it on our Facebook page. By the way. Uh, If you want to really give the middle finger to Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, head over to the American Radio Facebook page, hit the like button, and share the shit out of all of our posts. That'll really piss them off. So, uh, while you are taxed to death here in the the big canard known as the Dominion of Canada, it's not a real country, it's a confederation, we've gone over it millions of times, Uh, here's the spending... Uh, th- th- that they've given out. They've got to get money from you, right? They, you've got to work 10 hours a day and get paid for three so that uh, they can give $600 million to the Clinton Foundation. Wow, why would, why would the Canadian government give $600 million to the Clintons? They're already really wealthy. Do they need the money? Maybe it was to help women and girls. Help them get on Epstein's plane uh, $351 million to a designated terrorist organization, Hamas. $2 billion to Pakistan. $1.45 billion to Libya. $397 million to Egypt. $622 million to Mexico. $380 million to Russia. What? Justin Trudeau's been colluding with Russians. Why would the Canadian government give $380 million to Russia? Aren't they our eternal enemy? Huh? Maybe he gave it to them, hoping they'd buy fentanyl. Uh, $1.4 billion to Haiti. Haiti, yeah. And and, and they've take, Haiti has taken that money and made life so much better for their residents, right? Uh, it's not a shithole country at all. Uh, because Justin Trudeau and their government gave our money to the Haitian government. Which is totally legit. Uh, $463 million to Jordan. Eight hundred sixteen million dollars to Kenya, eight hundred seventy million dollars to Sudan because they've got their priorities straight. Four hundred fifty-six million dollars to Nigeria, Uganda, four hundred fifty-one million dollars Congo, Congo. Not the line that you get in on a cruise ship, but the country in Africa, $359 million. Great movie and book by Michael Crichton, by the way, Congo. Ethiopia, $981 million. You don't hear of anybody starving over there anymore, do you? It's probably all that money that Canadians gave them so generously uh, that they basically paid because they were threatened to be thrown in jail. That's, that's another thing. All this stuff about bullying, right? Uh, we got to go to war against bullying, That's the, uh, the new vacuous weird war of the 20th or the 21st century. Stop bullying. Uh, isn't that what governments do when they demand that you fill out an income tax form? Otherwise they'll hit you with fines and imprisonment. Isn't that bullying? The bullies are telling you to stop bullying. And how are you? What? what? You're going to bully the bullies. Now you're the bully. Damn bully, South Africa, five hundred and sixty-six million dollars, Senegal. Is that a country? Six hundred ninety-eight million, Mozambique with a Q. Little shout out to Q and on. Four hundred four million dollars, Zambia, three thirty-one million, Kazakhstan, three hundred and four million dollars, Iraq, one point zero eight billion. Tanzania, five hundred and fifty four million dollars. And that's not all of it, folks. In total, Canada spends over $5 billion a year on direct cash support of foreign aid and $20 billion on immigration and refugee programs. Now, while they did that, they told our veterans that they could not pay them what they needed to. Uh, we had a veteran confront Prime Minister Gay Sox in a town hall meeting here in Edmonton, where I live, And uh, he said, look, a lot of veterans are hurting. They're living in the streets. They're uh, not getting the health care or mental care facilities and help and outreach that they need. And Justin Trudeau said, "Ah, mm, we just don't have that kind of cash kicking around. We had to give it to Tanzania. Right. I had to give it to terrorists, had to give it to uh, countries that practice. Female genital mutilation for the prophet, right? That's more important. Now, I I sent that to Peyton because I thought, you know what, this is a really good thing to post on our Facebook page. Facebook, not even ten minutes later, said that uh, our independent fact checkers have taken a look at this and decided that it's fake news. Right? That's fake news. Which brings me over to our other topic. Who decides what fake news? I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Right? Who censors you? Well, Facebook's an American company, and they just censored a statement about the Canadian government being talked about on an American radio network. And everybody's worried, saying the UN and the UK want uh, the EU... Sorry, not the UK, the EU, which will soon be very distinct and separate uh, entities, very soon. Um, th- they want to give the censorship of the interview, uh, internet and the reins of it over to the Chai which is bad, but how is that any different from what's happening right now? What do you care if a Chinese communist party approved company is uh censoring you or an american company what's the damn difference there isn't one i mean really think about it you're still being censored right it's like nobody beats up my little brother but me (laughs) you know what i mean nobody's gonna censor people Except for us. You're not going to do it overseas. I am. I think I've talked to this to death. Now, the Canadian government also this year outdid itself for weirdness. The equivalent of phoning you up and uh, breathing heavy into the phone like somebody that's going to break into your house and smell your panties. (laughs) Let's talk about that now, shall we? making payments to terrorists, and Sudan, and Russia, and Haiti, the liberal government of Canada was doing a, uh, some really weird stuff, and this was, prom- this was actually talked about in the mainstream media here. Uh, I got a clip here from Global News. This is... This is weird. This is really weird. They started phoning people. It was an independent poll at the behest of the Canadian government. Asking them, do you mind if gay people live next door to you? Do you? Do you have a problem with that? Listen to this. Listen to this. Damn it, where's my... Oh, here it is. Okay, I've got this audio right here.
2: Global News has learned the Liberal government was asking Canadians how they feel about the LGBTQ2 community ahead of the federal election.
0: I'm pausing it right there. Ahead of election, they were contacting people and saying, How do you feel about the LGBTQ2 community? Why do you care? Nobody does. I don't care if some gay person moves in next door. Uh, as long as they're not corn each other on their front lawn where the kids in the neighborhood can see, I don't care. In fact, I would have a problem with that if heterosexuals were doing the same thing. Why are they making a big deal out of it?
2: Internal polls found the majority of those who participated are comfortable having gay, lesbian, bisexual, yeah, or transgender that. persons oh. in their lives. But what was the political motivation behind the polling? Ah, that's Let's it. our chief political correspondent, David Aiken, David Akin, I'll
0: get down to it.
3: Well, Robin, these internal polls are meant to assist the federal government as it With says what? overall policies and designs a communication strategy. Now, this data, though, has never been published, and it was released to Global News only after an access to information request that took more than three months to process.
0: i got to pause it right there. So they did a poll on what Canadians think about living next door war or having an LGBTQ2 doctor. <laughs> Why why would you care if your doctor was gay? If they were a good doctor and they helped you get better, you wouldn't care, would you? Unless your do- you know you're a guy and you go to your doctor and he says, "Now, uh, I'm gay and uh I'm going to examine your prostate." Then you'd have a problem with it, because that's weird. But that's not what normal people are like, even if they are gay. And I'm guessing that gay people don't really like this either, because it kind of puts the spotlight on them, and they just want to live their lives, most of them, any that I know. And I've got family members that are gay. And guess what? We don't treat them any different. We treat them just as badly as everybody else. That's true equality. Inside, more than 120
3: pages of raw polling data on dozens of topics, including these results. This is important. 92% of those surveyed said they were, quote, comfortable having a neighbor who is gay. Les- oh, they said comfortable? That's a code word for a homophobe. Lesbian or bisexual. A similar but separate question was asked about having a transgender person as a neighbor. No! 88% said they'd be comfortable with that.
0: Results were only... Sl- whoa, whoa, whoa! 90% said they were comfortable with a gay person, but only 88% said that they'd be comfortable with somebody trans living next door. Think about it. That's like a 2% drop in tranny Wow. Good thing they had that ball. And I bet you you paid a good penny for it. Canadians in your tax dollars. Slightly lower when respondents were asked if they would be
3: comfortable with a doctor who is gay, lesbian, or bisexual, or a doctor who is a transgender person. 88% and 80% respectively. <laughs> oh,
2: so it's really good to see the attitudes of Canadians changing oh, and being more open goodness. and inclusive. We obviously have more work to do, uh, but it's definitely a step in the right direction.
0: We've got more work to do uh, before everybody sees it the right way. Which they already don't have a problem with it, right? The numbers speak for themselves. And was it a thing where, uh, this, you know, uh, hey, it's the government on the phone. Do you like gay people? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I do. Sorry.
3: Government spokespersons were not available Saturday to explain why it wanted to take the public's pulse on those questions. The Trudeau government's special advisor on LGBTQ2 issues, Edmonton's
0: Randy Bossano. Oh, we have a special advisor on LGBTQ2 issues, and he's in Edmonton here. I should get him on the show, right? I really should. I should get a hold of this individual. Uh, we've also got a federal minister of inclusivity and uh, kids, and uh, whether or not you like gay people. And uh, this, this leads into something, okay? Th- I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Just stick around. Was defeated in the election, and he
3: has not been replaced. And while the government has since signaled it will ban conversion therapy and end the blood donation ban that applied to gay men, activists say much more
0: needs to be done on... Wait a minute. Uh, end of blood donation ban to gay men. How about you screen all blood that comes in because heterosexual people can have uh, contagious diseases too, right? I mean, seriously. I, I I honestly I I don't have a problem with gay people donating blood as long as their blood is clean. That's the the takeaway from this here. I mean, if if you were gonna die because you had a car accident and you didn't know but they put a gay person's blood into your veins as long as it was not a disease infected which could just as easily happen with a heterosexual person you wouldn't care you'd just be happy to open your eyes and see your family standing around the bed with the uh, teddy bears get well mylar balloons and cards LGBTQ2 issues.
2: With any government, you know, or with any political party, they want to know what the political risk is for embracing LGBTI issues. It's it's all, always a political lightning rod uh, that can be used against the the community in any circumstance, and can be used as a political football
0: i got to pause it right there. The whole LGBTQ2 thing is a lightning rod that can be used against that community in a political football. You're making it a lightning rod. You're the one bringing attention to it when clearly, you know, as far as the uh, numbers go on your own poll, nobody cares. Unless you think, uh, as I pointed out earlier, that comfortable... is uh, is straight people slang for I want to kill every gay person I see. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, you'd think that would be the end of the matter, but no. Meanwhile, the same midsummer poll found the Trudeau government
3: was getting some of its lowest marks on the climate change file, but not necessarily because of the federal carbon tax. In fact, among those who disapproved of the Trudeau government's climate change work, 29% cited poor planning, lack of a coherent plan, or bad decision-making. Well, 25% said government is not doing enough or not doing anything. Just 9.5% disapproved of the federal climate change policies because, quote, the carbon tax is a money grab, while 7.3% said, quote, the carbon tax is ineffective. Now, this internal poll data almost (laughs) certainly would have been used by bureaucrats as they started shaping proposed post-election policies. And the data would also have informed some of the proposals in the speech from the throne, in cabinet ministers' mandate letters, and in the budget that
0: we might see as soon as February. Robin?
2: All right. Thanks, David.
0: From whether or not Canadians care if they live next door to a gay person or have a doctor that happens to be homosexual, bisexual, gay, lesbian, or uh, transsexual to climate change. What is it about those two issues that have anything to do with each other? That's weird. Well, why would you put those together, right? Right. LGBTQ2 issues and climate change. It's like they're married at the hip, right? So, what is the common denominator? What are they going to take that information and do with it? Right? that That's what the important thing is here. I think I found it and it's starting in the UK. Why would the government be so interested in knowing your opinion on LGBTQ2 issues, whether you live next door to one, whether your doctor is one, or whether you approve of being taxed to death to fight climate change because you believe that the world's going to end in 12 years and that's that's just all there is to it, right? And if that happens, that's that's just the end of everything, right? Nothing else can ever happen again. You just, you, you're you born, you live a few years, you die, and then you're, you're dust, you're plant food. I think I found it. This is over at com. Uh, Ron Paul brought this up. Listen to this. In the UK, hospital patients who use, and I quote, offensive, racist, or sexist language will cease receiving medical care as soon as it's safe to end their treatment. Ah, maybe that's why 90% of Canadians were cool with it. They're afraid of losing their health care for having the wrong opinion. I doubt it. Political correctness recently took a dangerous turn. (laughs) I can't say turn. In the United Kingdom, when the North Bristol National Health Service Trust announced that hospital patients who use offensive, racist, or sexist language will cease receiving medical care. Pause. Here's the caveat. As soon as it is safe to end their treatment Uh, where does this go from here Uh, we're going to treat racist homophobes that uh, are climate deniers only until it's okay to stop the treatment Uh, well isn't that what you do with uh, everybody else like if somebody has the right opinions do you keep treating them even after they're better or it's safe to stop treatment? I mean, the healthcare system is going broke in the UK. It's going broke in Canada. And make no mistake about it. NHS in the UK, uh, if it's happening there, it's coming to Health Canada. It's coming to Canadian Health. Uh, it, that's globalism, right? We all got to get on the same page. The condition that treatment will not be withdrawn until doing so is safe seems to imply that no one will actually suffer from this policy. <laughs> so why make a big deal out of it, right? However, health care providers have great discretion to determine when it's safe to withhold treatment. Oh, okay. Safe to who? So patients could be left with chronic pain or be denied certain procedures that could improve their health, but not necessarily to make them safe. Patients accused of racism or sexism could also find themselves at the bottom of the NHS's infamous waiting list, unable to receive treatment until it's truly a matter of life and death. Well, I got mixed feelings on this because if you have a chronic pain issue, what are they going to do anyway? Seriously, uh, they, they're going to give you drugs, which after a while are going to cause other problems or pain issues, and then you're going to uh, you're gonna need more drugs, and then you're going to need more drugs to deal with the side effects of those drugs, right? However, making these arbitrary decisions based on somebody's opinion, uh, healthcare is a good bellwether. Of where the whole thing is actually going and how to look at it. That's what I think. So, unable to receive treatment until it's truly a matter of life and death. You know, like if you got shot, stabbed, run over, uh, a Chinese satellite falls out of the sky and lands on your head. <clears throat> Then you need a doctor, in which case they would most likely treat you, no matter how racist you are. Since many people define racism and sexism as, quote-unquote, anything I disagree with, the new policy will no doubt lead to people being denied medical care for statements that most reasonable people would consider unobjectionable. Like uh, Prime Minister Gay Sox, for example. This is not the first time NHS has withheld treatment because of an individual's behavior. A couple years ago, another local health committee announced it would withhold routine or non-emergency surgeries from smokers and the obese. Uh, what are they going to do for a smoker anyways? What are they going Hey, under their care, obesity has skyrocketed under these same people. And now they're saying, uh, you know what? If you smoke or you're obese, we're just not going to help you. Translation? They're going to keep doing what they've always done. Because, uh, look, if you're obese, what are they going to do for you? Huh? Cut out part of your stomach and staple it so you're physically unable to eat more? Huh? What are they going to do to help you quit smoking? Give you Champex? Which uh, causes people to kill themselves? <laughs> They can't help with that anyway. So, I mean... yeah, It's kind of a double-edged sword here. Since reducing smoking and obesity benefits... Both individual patients and the healthcare system as a whole... This policy may appear defensible. Defensible, I say. But denying or delaying care violates medical ethics... And sets a dangerous precedent. That's what I'm thinking. It won't end with that. It won't end with that. And And that whole... You know, uh, we're not going to help you if you smoke. That sounds reasonable, right? Because why should all the taxpayers have to pay for your treatment, right? You've trashed yourself. It's just as bad. Uh, There's a whole lot of other things that people do every single day that are just as bad, if not worse, than smoking. Seriously. But that's the standard, right? Uh... (laughs) If treatment could be denied to smokers and the obese, it could also be denied to those who engage in promiscuous sex. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, you go to a doctor in England uh, having met, male genitalia and demand a pap smear and you could get that nurse or doctor that denied you that service, even though you don't have a pap to smear. Uh, You could get them fired, right? So certain things and risky behaviors are more acceptable than others. In fact, isn't it risky to give a five-year-old gender-bending drugs that cut off their hormones, that cut off the natural function of the body and how it grows, Uh, driving over the speed limit, hey? That little black box that your insurance companies uh, over the next few years going to insist that you put in your car so we can track you by satellite and tax you by the mile. Well, it says here that you were doing about fifteen over on a regular basis, so uh, that's a risky behavior. We can't uh, we can't help you at this po- at this hospital. Uh, but all the refugees from uh, Sudan, we have no data on them, so we can only assume that they've been living a very clean life, and uh, we will help them. Uh, you're going to pay for it though. And in fact, uh, the amount of taxes that uh, state, provincial, and federal governments take in from smoking means that smokers actually pay more into the health care system. Mind blown. <laughs> uh, people that don't get the quote-unquote proper number of vaccinations for themselves and their children or, here's the big one, have dangerous political views. How would they know that? How are they gonna know that uh, unless you've been oh say banned from YouTube or banned from Facebook or banned from Twitter or been charged as a uh, a hateaphobe Hey I just made up a new word hateaphobe Or let's say they did a, a poll where they called uh, random members of a society and said, do you have some kind of a problem with gay people living next door to you? Right? 90% of the people that answered that poll said, no, I don't have a problem with it. But 10% said, yeah, I don't want them in my neighborhood. Presumably. Ah, the government just saved 10% on health (laughs) care. That means they've got more money to send to shithole countries like Haiti. Government bureaucrats denying care to individuals for arbitrary reasons is the inevitable result of government interference in the healthcare care market. Government health care doesn't work. It's crashing, it's burning, it's expensive, it's overpriced. Doesn't work. Trust me, I live somewhere where it doesn't. It does if you have a catastrophic injury, but even that's going to be whittled back. Uh, we got to the car accident, but we checked the individual's Facebook page and let him die because he was... Uh, He was a racist. Didn't like Mexicans. Mike Phillip on American Doc Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Stick around for Sam Sorpo. Won't be boring, I promise. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5.0.